Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Hello, all you lovely listeners. This is Lucy Dumas again here in San Diego in the middle of summer. And whenever you're listening to this, I'm hoping you're having a great summer, winter, spring, or fall, wherever you live. Thanks for tuning in again. Today's topic is about workflow, getting stuff done in a timely manner, effectively with good quality and all that stuff. So before I get started, what's on my mind right now is starting a new group program around my proven, patented, amazing, (laughs) I'm not bragging, but it does work, um, my sales system. And so if you're interested in possibly being a part of a group, it's a six-month program, and we go step-by-step through all of the things that I teach And we support each other in learning how to have great conversations and great sales. So um, feel free to message me on that or call me. You can go to my lucydumascoaching.com to find info. And um, that is my goal in the next few months is to get a great group of about 12 people that can really support each other's growth. So there you go. Okay, so let's face it. In order to have a successful business, make money, make our clients happy, and enjoy life, we need to do a lot of stuff, right? And all of it is important. We can take amazing photographs, but if we take forever or never deliver what we promise, or if the the production, the final product is sloppy, if the editing's not good, if like, I know when I'm looking for album companies and photo labs, I'm looking both for the quality and the customer service. It needs to be timely, but it needs to be done right. And so that's, that's part of our job. You know, we can get, we can get clients, we can take wonderful photographs, but we got to get the stuff to the clients. And we also want to have a good life. And so having a workflow that works for you is one of the keys to that. And I didn't realize that, okay, so I was married to a man that worked at a company called Solar Turbine. They make solar engines for all kinds of things. I don't really know what what they are, but they're complicated. And he worked as a production control specialist in the split ring cell. I don't know what that is, but when he explained that when somebody orders a turbine engine, one of the components is this split ring. And in order to make that, because that has to be made so it can attach to all the other bits that make up a turbine engine, he has to order parts from different places. He has to coordinate uh, getting the parts on time and people to put it together. 
and that's production control. And I was like, oh, I'm in production control also. Because if I have an order from a client and it's got frames, the portraits and albums, then all of that takes coordinating. I need to edit. I need to order the frame. I need to send things to my photo lab. I need to design an album. I need to send those things to the, the album printer. When that comes back, I need to check everything in. I need to make sure I have everything. If I don't, then I need to order those extras that I didn't either turn out the quality I want or I forgot to order. I ordered the wrong size. I did that recently where somehow I clicked the wrong button and, um, and then I need to assemble it. I need to package it. Then I need to call the client and I need to get the work to them. So that is production control. And companies that have, let's say they have a studio and they have, oh, medium volume. A lot of times they have someone full-time in the back room taking care of all that or a lot of someone's, you know, just depends on the size of the business. The thing is, we need a set of steps and a way to follow these steps. We need time management habits. We need good work habits and we need systems, but there's not one system that fits all. And that is something that I didn't realize. And I carried a lot of like, yeah, I'll just call it shame because my workroom, my space does not look like a pristine doctor's office where everything's behind cupboards and I leave a nice neat desk uh, at the end of the day and, and such. I don't have that. And I thought I had to, but years ago I hired a professional organizer and once we dealt with some of my clutter, we figured out a system that works for moi, Lucy. And she said, Lucy, because you're visual and uh, spatial, your space is never going to look perfectly neat because you need things out in order to remember that you have them. And that took a lot of pressure off me. And then we figured out what I needed to do to make that work. Um, so what we did in that case, this was when I was doing lots of weddings, is we put shelves in my office and I bought nice, pretty magazine folder boxes, the kind that are about four inches wide. And then they're, it's like a box, but cut diagonal diagonally and that was during film days so the top shelf was after I photographed a wedding or a portrait some other event I made up a bin a magazine folder for the client I put their name on the outside and contact info so I didn't have to look it up anywhere I could just look up and see it and when the negatives came in this is when I did that I then put the negatives, the process negatives in that box and the contract and anything else. Then I knew I needed to call the client and get them to order. So once that was done, and then I started the process of ordering, 
clipping the negatives, making bags, the whole thing. Then it went to a middle shelf. And as work started coming in and prints and things and books, then I put it to the right side of that bin. And then when everything was complete, I moved it to the next shelf. So I could always walk in my office and basically know, uh, oh, I need to call that client or, oh, this is done. I need to need to deliver and such. Then I had um, a space for the bigger work that was, I don't know, like if you have a little rack for plates that are going to sit upright, only this is big. So I could slip things in and I had them in, in alphabetical order so I could find the wall portraits and such. And this has helped me, of course, then when I transitioned to being portrait photographer, I just substituted the same thing. And as digital came along, I still had physical order forms and contracts and things. And then I would, besides the having the files and hard drives and in the cloud, I would uh, pop a CD and then burn, burn a CD and put that in the file. Now, I, if I was doing lots and lots of portraits again, I would either get a thumb drive or just, you know, buy a hundred um, little memory cards and put the raw files and the finished uh, edits on the memory card. And I'd just keep that in their file forever because, okay, it's 15 bucks a client. I used to spend two, 300 on film and processing. So it's really pocket change, but it's nice to have the originals there. So anyway, that's what worked for me. Other people have different brains, have different ways that things work for them. And I'm going to give you a little list. So if you want to take this down, or if you just want to think about it, this is a list of the ways people learn. And I think it can be applied then to uh, you can kind of take it to the next step of how you would organize and create a workflow for yourself that works. So there's auditory and musical learners. There's visual spatial learners. That's me. Verbal. Logical and mathematical. Not mathematical. Yes, mathematical. Logical, mathematical learners. Physical and kinesthetic learners. So I'm also heavy in that social and interpersonal, solitary and intrapersonal learner. So a professional organizer could help you if they work with people on this level and don't just insist on organizing in the way they think is right, could help you think about ways that all of that uh, could apply. Another tool that has been huge for me is a test called the Colby test, K-O-L-B-E. And I have my coaching clients do this test so that they understand more about themselves and I understand more about them so I can coach them better. Because So one size does not fit all. So the Colby test measures not your personality. It's not like Myers-Briggs, ENFPs, um, and all that. It measures how you get things done. And when you take the test, you'll get results in four areas. And there's a 20 points. 
and each area has 10 potential. And so those areas are research planning, um, kind of inspired action ideas, they call it quick start, and then the actual getting things accomplished. I happen to be very high in the quick start. I'm a person that's always having ideas. I'm an idea person. And I'm in the getting things done, I'm lower. Um, doing research. I'm also kind of medium on that. And it's perfect. Everybody's score is perfect. What it taught me was, A, I definitely always thrive when there's someone that will work hand in hand with me to get things done. Like right now I have a virtual assistant that if you are in my email, if you've downloaded any of my um, gifts, like my 10 big ideas for marketing in the real world book, you're in my email. And my new virtual assistant is now writing nice emails every week that tell you what the latest podcasts will be about. I've wanted to do that consistently forever. And it just feels so good that someone else is doing it because that's not my best use of my time. But what I also learned discovering that I'm a quick start, and this is not going to be all about me, but I'm just sharing, <laughs> you know, some of my journey is people like me, if everything is completely detailed and planned and organized in a way that our traditional world thinks things should be, and you need to hear the air quotes around should, that level of organization weighs me down. And I actually get less done. Quick starts get going on a project and then they figure out as we go along some of the things that need to be done next. But somebody who's high in the planning and lower in the quick start, sometimes they have a hard time getting started. And so they need systems that where they can do the planning they need, but not get so bogged down in it that they don't get anything uh, started. They don't take risks. My sister and I are opposite and she is a planner and not a big risk taker. So, um, you know, as her sister, that's something I always try to push her a little in that area to try new things, even if you're not comfortable with that. So I highly recommend you take that test, um, get her book, study it. Kathy Colby is the person that does this. And um, the more we understand ourselves, the more we can be supported in the right way. I learned this. I used to have a little business in the airport in San Diego, exchanging currency and selling travel insurance. And my first employee when I was contracted to run that business as my own small business was to hire somebody that really was just like me. And while we had a lot of fun, uh, things did not flow as nicely as I would like. So then I began to figure out that I needed a, a variety of people. And I especially needed someone who liked to put everything back in place. Someone that would like put all the pencils with the erasers in the same direction and make sure everything was done. So 
if I came into work after her, you know, I could find things. So anywho, so, and I'm going to, later, I'm going to talk about uh, what I call the cake and cringe pyramid. And it's a way to discover what things to keep doing yourself and what things to have someone else help you with. So let's see, what's my next ideas to share with you? So the next thing is uh, time management. And we are going to talk about actual workflow in a minute. Not we, it's me here by myself. (laughs) And by the way, I do have a workflow um, list that I'd be happy to send you if you want to email, hey, Lucy, give me the workflow list or something like that. Lucy at lucydumas.com. You can also message me on Facebook. I'd be happy to be your Facebook friend and um, send that off to you. I spent weeks and weeks and weeks figuring this out and I'm happy to share it with you. Okay, but before that, we do need to talk about time management because you can have a plan of getting things done, but then if you don't manage your time in a way that works for you and gets those done, then all the planning in the world, all the setting up systems, all of that, um, it's kind of a waste of time. Would you agree with that? I'm sure you would agree. Okay. So one of the people that I studied and got the book, the tapes, everything is a man named David Allen and his program is getting things done. And he, what I appreciated in his GTD program is his helping me see that making a to-do list that is impossible to do every day actually gets in my way. So having a, of course, a system and a way to, to think what's most important today and picking three things that if I do these today, I'm moving things forward just three on a daily list. And sure, there can be a master list, but these three things, three things, three things um, is, is very helpful. Slow and steady wins the race. Have you heard that before? So, I mean, you don't have to be slow, but um, anyway, so that's one person I've studied. There are lots of other people and the way your brain works, the way, you know, you can flow through what needs to happen. That's something that you need to research for yourself. Now, one of the things when I'm coaching clients is they do a a weekly check-in sheet that includes keeping track of what they spend their time doing. And the four areas that I have them record are marketing, client stuff, which includes Uh, the production, you know, phone calls, sessions, all of that. Education, which, you know, you're putting in a unit of education by listening to this. And then office things, uh, general, you know, money things, whatever relates to running the internal business. And I did that because I, in my earlier years of coaching, and I'm going on seven years now, uh, which is surprising how fast time goes and how fun it is. But I would have people that we just weren't seeing the results that they wanted. 
And of course, as someone who wants to be like so helpful to everybody, and I take it personally, and your success feels like my success, I was um, not happy, you know, sad about that. Like, oh. And then I thought, maybe I should have people keep track of how they're spending their time. And sure enough, the ones who things were not happening for them were either not working that much. And so, yeah, if you're not working, of course, you're not getting results or not marketing or, you know, one of the not making phone calls to clients. So it all needs to go together. And I found that now with my coaching clients, as I have them pay attention to how they're spending their time, they seem to be accomplishing a lot more and reaching their goals. One of the challenges with our business, and it's probably true with others, but photographers particularly, is it's easy to, when we have those quiet times, market, 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 then we get a lot of work and then we're busy working and the marketing goes to the side. And then guess what happens? I'm like, Doug, you don't have to guess. Then there's no work once we complete that cycle. So having a consistent plan where we're marketing, we're dealing with clients, we're doing our office work, we continue to learn. All of that um, keeps the lights on, keeps us from having to go get a real job. (laughs) Yeah, this is a real job, but you know what I mean. Okay. So one way to track this or one way to set up, like, how should I structure my week? One of my dad's friends, and if you've listened a lot, you know, my, my pops was a minister and they are pretty much self-employed. They don't have a boss that tells them how many hours they spend in the office and so forth. And they also usually have like evening meetings and different things. So their schedules need to be a little organic. And so my dad's friend said that what he does is he thinks of, of uh, morning, afternoon, and evening work as each one of those is a unit that represents if we had a regular job where we punched a clock represents like four hours of work. So 40 hours of work for a a regular job would be 10 units. So keeping track of the time that you spend and planning your schedule out so that you, you're doing at least, you know, if you're available part-time that you're putting in five to six units, say, so you're working in the morning and then you've got to shoot in the evening. It also helps then because you can be like, okay, well, so I'm going to relax this afternoon and have a nice early dinner before I go off on that, on that shoot or meet with that client in the evening. So um, that's, that's a way to structure yourself and also pay attention is just, just keep track on a weekly basis of, of the time that you're spending. The other thing that's been really helpful for me, and especially in the quick start it be where I can have like 45 ideas every morning and a lot of creative people, you know, this is how our brains work. Um, but I pick what I'm going to accomplish in the next 
three months and I limit it. So for example, when I was putting this podcast together, I would have other ideas, but I, I scheduled out, I had uh, June, it might've been June 10th, June 11th, that I needed to have everything in place before my launch and including 10 recordings and a photograph and, you know, just lots of different things to pull this together. So when I got busy or sorry, when I was thinking about what am I going to do today? I remembered, okay, my first priority is continuing to get those things done in order to reach that, that June uh, deadline. And so if you pick two or three things that are your focus for, and, and it may be something's due in a month. So, but that would still be within the, the quarter that you're working within and list all the things that you um, need to do to accomplish that. And then put them in your calendar. It might be daily. It might be weekly, but have a, like a spreadsheet or a calendar or something that's just your um, system of organizing or yeah, that's like big goals and slot those in. That doesn't mean you don't keep doing the other things that, that keep, you know, keep the trains running on time, calling clients and different things, but, but those making progress in big chunks, if you limit it, and you set a deadline, you list out everything that needs to be done and you put those in your timeline, then you'll get where you wanna go. And that has been really, really helpful for me. All right, so I wanna talk about workflow because now I have been able to mostly keep track of workflow in my head other than having the shelves and the reminders of who's a work in progress right now. Um, I, but it kind of is wearing to have it in your head because it kind of spins all the time. So having a workflow that where you can just look at it and know where you are with each client. And then when you've done the next thing you need to and check that off, it is very satisfying and it, we can get so much more done when we track that. Um, especially some of the things that would drop out for me with my portrait business is some of those extras that are not have to, but in order to have the best possible business, it's great to do them habitually and things like thank you cards, follow-up phone calls, thank you gifts that are sent out. Um, and then even calling um, clients a month or so after delivery, just checking in and then calling your good clients twice a year just to say hello. And so I, as I was creating this structured workflow step-by-step, I put those things on the, the ones that are kind of behind the scenes to keep, keep my clients happy, keep them coming back, keep them referring to me and so forth. So some of the options are and this has been very traditional, is a whiteboard where you have, let's say down the left side, a great big whiteboard. Down the left side, you have all of those steps. So there might be 15 
steps in your production workflow with a client. And then at the top, you diagonally, you have the client's names that you're working on and a little grid. So when you complete a task with a client, you can check it off. And so you can go look right at that board. And if you have a team, your team can look at that and know the things that still need to be done. You can create um, a CRM system, customer relations management program, where you enter your clients into uh, a software like 17 Hats or Dubsado, HoneyBook, lots of them. There's one called Asana that is very customizable and inexpensive. It's not as pretty as the others, but you can you can um, add a lot more things in it. So some people really like that. But you enter a client and then you copy the, the workflow. Um, you've entered a workflow and you've titled it. And so then when there's a new client and there's a box that says, what workflow do you want to use? You click on that one. So you know, that's what's going to work. You keep all the contact info, birth dates, things like that, anniversaries. And then as you get up in the morning and look at the master, um, like to-do list, it will tell you if you have 10 clients, it will say, Susan Jones, you need to edit. Barbara Washington, you need to, to call to deliver the order. So for some people, that is a wonderful solution. For other people, if they're not the type that will keep up with, once you do a task going in, even if it's the end of the day, and clicking off what you've done with each client, if you don't do that, it isn't going to work for you. I've already told you about how my magazine boxes work. And a little variation on that theme, if I had needed it, I would have put a piece of paper with the workflow. I would just print it out and make a form and then check the boxes. So I could always pull that out and see what I need to do next. Or you could do a little hang tag from it um, on, the, on the box. So it's more glaring. Something I use a lot is my Apple Notes program. And the first one like it, I think, was called Evernote. And there's probably more now. But if I was doing a lot of production right now, because I'm in the habit of using this, this feature that comes in my Mac that's on my phone, it's on my iPad, it's on my big computer. What's the other Apple stuff? Oh, laptop. So it's all it's all in all of them. Um, I would have a folder called clients, active clients. Then I would have each new client would have their own folder within the folder. And then the workflow would be copied there. And I would do it where you can do little circles, little check boxes. And that would probably work best for me if I had a lot going on right now in the portrait world. I use it with my coaching because I love the freedom of whatever device I'm in front of. I can look it up, see what's going on. So I hope that's helpful that there's not just one way. And also 
that your system is going to look different than your friends. And I don't know why, but, and maybe it's just me, but it seems like the people who are the super organized don't understand and are sometimes not all of them, but can be a little judgy if our world doesn't look just exactly like their world. And, um, you know, that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. Uh, but the more, like, if you have a spouse, if you have kids and you all take the Colby test, you'll understand more about each other. You would understand how to motivate uh, your child. My mom tried to use shame in um, looking at my cluttered bedroom instead of helping me set up a system that would work for me. And as I you know, got older and had my own home, or I was, when I was finishing college, I had my own apartment and I just naturally set up some systems that worked. So we all need help <laughs> in that, but it's all different for everybody. And there's, and it's all good. It's all good. Uh, so cringe and cake pyramid, I promised that. And so I wanted to tell you what that is. And this is a way of finding out what it is that you are best at that should be spending your time doing. I don't think I said that right, but I'll say it again. What do you love to do that makes you the most money or that brings you super joy? And then those are the things that you continue to do in your business. And then the other things, who can you get to do those? Because if you're, uh, let's say, doing your own housework and computer things, editing, putting frames together, different things that you can pay, pay somebody 20, 25 bucks an hour when you're making two, three, four, ten hundred dollars ten hundred dollars is a thousand, right? Um, you're making a very good hourly wage as a photographer and, and such. It's, it creates more income when you can have somebody else do the things that don't make you the most money. And also there are people who are more skilled at different things, such as my new VA. She's a really nice writer. I'm a pretty good writer, but I can spend all afternoon on one letter. And she's spending about mm, 35, 40 minutes. <laughs> and, and I and they're great and they're fun. So I hope you enjoy them as you get them. Okay, so the cringe and cake pyramid is make a pyramid that's tall and thin, divided into three sections. And on the left is gonna be the cringe actions. So cringe meaning things that you kind of, you don't wanna do, you don't enjoy doing. You'd rather someone else do. And the other side is the cake, things that, are delicious to do things you love and profitable. And so in the bottom section, you put the things that are that you enjoy doing that are not super profitable and things that that you don't enjoy. And then the middle one would be more money and it's more fun for you or or it's least fun for you. And then in the top is things you absolutely love that bring prosperity your way. And then on the other side is the things that you, that need to get done, but that you really, really 
would rather someone else do. And then take a look at that and see which things you really have to keep doing. Um, you know, some things are for me, like I need to make the phone calls because besides the fact that I'm skilled at it and I love talking to people, it's the setup for my whole creating that trusted advisor relationship. But a company that has like three photographers and a busy studio, they need a person to do those phone calls. The business owner should not be making those calls. So that's just a fun way, a little graph that you can take a look at. So going back, so some of the time, some of the things we need to do are we need to learn how we create, how we process information. We need to figure out a time management system that works for us, that we can keep up on. And guilt is not helpful in any of this. So something where we don't feel bad or guilty or shame if we don't get things done, like a system that's comfortable and easy. And then we need to figure out a workflow and a form, whether it's a whiteboard, whether it's an online program like Evernote or Notes or a, a CRM or shelves like I've done. And I've also seen people have like racks where each client has a bag with a hook. And so it's kind of the same, same thing as some people can use file cabinets. I guess I forgot all about those because absolutely I'm the kind of person that if you put something away and, or I do, and it's not a place I go back to over and over again, like a silverware drawer or, you know, the, the drawer in my desk where I keep pens and pencils or other kinds of things, priceless, then I'm going to forget it's there. So file cabinets does not work for Lucy Dumas, but it may work for you. So uh, I hope that's been helpful. A reminder that I'm going to be starting a group program with about 12 people. Uh, this is, you'll be getting this in the middle of July, but um, my plan is to launch it in the fall. If you're listening to this way later, I may have a new group starting up. So feel free to connect with me on this or one-on-one -on -one coaching or just, I just love comments and stuff from you. It really helps me know that there's people out there listening. <laughs> oh, and if you want that workflow checklist with, I think there's like 20 steps to the, our um, production from the first inquiry down to the phone call to stay in touch, then email me or Facebook message me. And I love you all. I, I'm just sending a big wave of hugs all around the world. <laughs> and until next time, see you later. Bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.